Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire, and like always with us is resident higher education expert, Jake Frejo. Jake, welcome to the show. Up, oh, up, oh, Mike's dead. We you got done him? screwed up, Mr. Producer. It's every uh, time. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, thanks. For, I mean, it's probably best they have me muted for precautions. But um, yeah, no, thanks for having me. We have a wonderfully exciting non-doom and gloom subject today. Well, we are going I... to try to not get too far into the weeds because it's very interesting for you. I find it interesting, but we can't get too deep so people's eyes roll back. But the student loan fight is a big deal. We There's tons of money wrapped up in student loans. It is a bubble that's going to burst. Uh, on par I with mean, the housing market. Trillions of dollars. Yes. It's actually about $2 trillion in total, not to mention every other now derivative have, product. Now you have leftists demanding that that loan be forgiven. I find it interesting that they use the word forgiven, Jake, because when you ask for forgiveness, you admit that you did something wrong. And yet they don't actually ever admit that it was wrong to take out that debt. So they want forgiveness without accepting that maybe they should have gone into a different career. Maybe they should have gone into a different major. So we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. The majors are the worst to go to school for. If you have kids that are going to go to, go to school, this is a good show to watch and to relay the information for. Because, I mean, you have people, Jake, who've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on, I don't know, on, on liberal arts degrees. And I went to a liberal arts school. I think it's, it's a valuable education being able to learn all different topics. But there's no English major factory right? You, you can't go to the factory for English majors and make the English widgets or literary widgets. There's no interpretive dance factory out there. So there's lots of these degrees where you are not actually trained to, it's going to be harsh, contribute much to the economy. And that's not the only reason you go to school. You go to school to pursue your passions. That's fine. But and listen, I went to school, I, I majored in political science. I got lucky I get to do that as a job. The The average political science undergrad <laughs> works, works in the food service industry, <laughs> works in the food service industry, right? So it's not for everyone. And I kind of doubled down. I got my master's degree in it <laughs> just to make sure. Um, there's lots of degrees that people shouldn't have gone to. And part of that is is the notion that everyone should go to college. I'm the first person in my family to go to college, so it, it, was, it was a huge deal. But right. we're sending everyone to college. Everyone's taking out these loans. The loans are for funny money because the colleges get to pick whatever they want to charge things. The government's backing those loans. And now people are realizing that they have no possibility well, of actually, repaying the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Actually, uh, the government's writing them or guaranteeing them. We're the ones backing them. Uh, but these kids at yeah. the same time have been sold this idea of an all expenses paid vacation and four to five years later now the bill's coming due not only do you mention that you know these people have 
100, $200,000 loans, then they're also guaranteeing for their children. And their children are finding themselves entering a period of time in this country where everything they learned is entirely useless and has no application, uh, specifically uh, expedited because of COVID and all of the nonsense that's come from that, uh, having essentially pushed out human capital from the, the job place. And yeah. it's been replaced with technology. And that's one of the things I, I have this conversation with older people. They're like, oh, well, history repeats itself. It goes, you know, there's good and there's bad. And, it, you know, it always comes back. No, you can't, you can't factor that in on a historical timeline because, yes, history generally repeats itself, but never once has history had the ability of, of, of self-driving cars and, uh, you know, intelligence oh, yeah. chips that can go into your mind and, you know, in, 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 you know, robotics and AI and everything else that goes with it. But once again, as in what created the crisis of 2008 that we were finally digging ourselves out of, the idea that everyone has a right to home ownership was the same marketing campaign used by uh, the government and institutions, banking institutions, that everyone deserves an education. And surprise, surprise, as 2008 ended the way it did, and the Greatest Depression since the Great Depression, here we are again. They say these things function in yeah. 10 to 12-year cycles, and, well, again, surprise, surprise, we're at the end of that cycle. So Yeah. No, everyone shouldn't go to college. I mean, college isn't for everyone. There's far too many colleges. There's far too many people in college. That was always the dream, right? You go to college, and 50 years ago, that made sense. The people who went to college tended to get the best jobs, but there's just too many colleges, and not everyone should be there. I remember my freshman year, there was a kid on my on my floor who got kicked out on, like, the third day for punching a police officer. And this wasn't, like... A crazy school. I went to I went to Boston College. Everyone tended to be smart. You had to get good scores to get in there. He gets kicked out on day three for punching a police officer. Anyone who has the proclivity on day three to punch a police officer, uh, <laughs> a campus police officer, probably shouldn't go to college. And and I have no idea how much money he wastes. I haven't tracked him down. Maybe he got into a different school after that. Who knows? But the four year college degree, whether it be liberal arts or whatever, it isn't for everyone. And far too many people are set on this idea of going to their dream school, regardless of the cost. And there's lots of people like, like an example. Um, my wife went uh, to school for education. She wanted to be a teacher, found out she hated it. Um, she loved education. She hated the actual administration of education in this country. Um, she went to school and, and, she, and she did great. But for the majority of people who went to school and had to take out loans to become a teacher, the median salary for someone in elementary education coming out with an education degree is $40,500. Oh, the and average you know medical student it, has 400, I think 450K by the time they're starting residency. The difference is, the difference is when, you, when you become a doctor, you actually have a shot at paying that back, right? When you become a lawyer, you have a shot at paying that back elementary education you're always going to be capped there's always going to be a cap there there's no millionaires teaching kindergarten teaching second grade um 
It just, it just isn't going to happen. So there's lots of people who go to school and take out all of these loans without fully understanding that they, the minute they get out of school, they are capped. Like it makes zero sense to take out hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans to become a social worker. It makes no sense because the average salary is 40 grand. Well, free money is easy money. That. And that's, that's, you know, that's what created 2008 and, you know, looking looking to the future that's what they're doing again uh stripping away your ability to not have to account to the system and all of the liabilities you have to the system uh and and live your life essentially you you know it's the reversion to the feudal manor system but this time it's all encompassing it's not this race that race this socioeconomic cast it's everyone yeah it's aiming it's aiming for everyone and as history does repeat itself once again out come the vultures the vultures being the politicians that are you know the same ones that are saying free covid testing free this free that free healthcare, free everything free everything but the wonderful irony of all of it is that there's no such thing as a free lunch and it's getting thrown onto who it's getting thrown onto our backs now when i went to school i paid for everything working my ass off and I did it I did uh, two degrees in five years living in Manhattan or living in Brooklyn going to college in Manhattan and now this narrative's coming out from uh, DC that give all the money back you know refund refund you know cancel refund or whatever you want to call it but what happens to me what happens to the people that perform responsibly and then on top of that the people that didn't go to college that are indirectly because this whole idea of debt cancellation, all of these loans are subsidized by the federal government, but really they're underwritten and guaranteed by taxpayer money. So us. So you have yeah. three or two victims uh, at the expense of what is this, what's the saying that uh, a lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. And so yeah. myself and then the people that just altogether decided not to go to college are going to be ones, the ones that bear the brunt of this, right? And, you know, we're, we're – I'm not – no one's talking about giving me money back because I behave responsibly, yet you have all of these kids yeah. that are six figures in the hole for an underwater basket weaving degree, and now, now it's our fault. And so – I'd ask you, Max, who do you think are some of the biggest proponents of debt cancellation? The universities themselves. I mean, in 1985, you could have a part-time minimum wage job and pay for your college education, right? In 1985, the minimum wage was $3.35 an hour, which seems crazy. But the cost of a four-year public education ran $3,800. So you could work your way through college part-time on the minimum wage and actually pay for your degree. I mean, today, minimum wage, $7.25 an hour. Could be higher, could be lower, whatever. But the cost of the the average cost of a public four-year degree has ballooned to $80,000, over 80 grand, right? So the universities would love nothing more than to have debt canceled because then they just get to keep charging whatever they want. And that is the lunacy of all of this. Right. I mean, and, and and they are the ideological printing presses, right? You know, every everything that's being echoed from DC is being uh, duplicated and fabricated and embedded on the next generation. So it's one hand washing the other. I mean, you know, I always thought 
you know, I was I was one the first person in my family to go to college, and I always thought that you know I do my master's degree at some Ivy League might join the military. I'm glad I didn't because I'd be getting court-martialed now over the vaccine. Yeah. But my goal was to come out and, and go to some Ivy League, Yale or Harvard and, and, and do a master's at it. But now in hindsight, it's, it's absurdity because you look at someone got into, I forget whether it was Yale or Princeton. I think it was Yale. Someone got in and their, <laughs> their admission letter was they wrote Black Lives Matter like a hundred times on a piece of paper and that was their admission letter and they got in. So, you know, again, you know, why, why are we surprised by this? But once again, darlings of the left, career politicians that may have made hundreds of millions of dollars are now saying uh, hundreds of millions of dollars off the backs of the taxpayer and screwing us into oblivion for decades of, you know, their career are the ones descending from their vultures nests, AKA uh, Skeletor, AKA Nancy Pelosi, and that real, uh, real savant of a bartender that came out of the Bronx, AOC. So, uh, Mr. Producer, uh, if you could play cut number three, we have a great um, uh, clip from uh, Focahontas or Pocahontas, whatever her name is. The consequence of student loan debt means there are lots of people who aren't moving out from their parents' homes. Lots of people who aren't buying their own homes. And one of the other things the data shows, lots of people who are not starting their own businesses. And all of those things hold back our economy. And I make that point because I'm sure there are lots of folks who are on this call tonight who don't have student loan debt. But here's the deal. Even if you don't have student loan debt, you will be helped by seeing student loan debt canceled because it will help our economy. This is one of those things that doesn't have to go through Congress. The authority is already there in law for the president and his team, the administration, the secretary of education to cancel out this student loan debt. And uh, President Obama used it to cancel some student loan debt. President Trump used it to cancel some student loan debt. I want to see President Biden use it. If he would cancel $50,000 in student loan debt, it would make an enormous difference in the lives of tens of millions of Americans and help build our entire nation um, a stronger future going forward. So as you know, I'm all in on this one. And if we could persuade the president, we could do this one fast. It's funny the lectures of equity and equality that come from a woman who's worth $12 million, right? And she spent her entire yeah. career uh, living off of the taxpayer. Now she has the solution to it. Uh, so in, in the, the theme of uh, darling leftists, Mr. Producer, if you could also put up cut number four, that is uh, the bartender from the Bronx, the, uh, the high IQ uh, yeah. economist from, what did she go to? Boss BU, Brown? Boss University. Yep. Safety Brilliant. school. Brilliant. Majored in economics, but somehow is a communist socialist. have student loans too. And I think it's so funny. A year ago, I was waiting tables in a restaurant 
And it was literally easier for me to become the youngest woman in American history elected to Congress than it is to pay off my student loan debt. So that should tell you everything about the state of this, of this, uh, of, of our economy and the state of quality of life for working people. Because in order for me to get a chance to have health care, in order for me to get a chance to pay off my student loans, I had to do something that was nearly impossible. And I don't think that that is the bar through which a person should be able to access education, health care, and a bevy of other things that should be considered human rights. And this bill, and I'm so excited to be introducing this bill with Senator Sanders, Congresswoman uh, Omar, and Congresswoman Jayapal to make sure that we start embarking on the solutions to these problems. Beautiful and brave, Max. What do you think? Well, um, I think what she just said is kind of the point that we were just making. No, what she found out she had to do to pay back her Boston University against safety school her Boston University student loan debt was that she had to get a job in her field of study. I mean, she went from being an economics major to now a member of Congress. That is arguably uh, an offshoot from her, her, her studies, right? If you study economics and you become a member of Congress, and yes, you have a good shot at paying off your student loan debt. If you study economics and pay Boston University more money than the degree is worth, and then you become a waitress, you have no shot at paying off that Degree. It just, that's what it just I, won't happen. That's what I would call DC economic theory. You realize the mistake of your actions, right? The consequence of your actions. And rather than accept them and deal with the consequences, you just get into politics and write the check off the American taxpayer. So yeah. ultimately, this thing is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's been just one small component of this whole push over the past two years of. Uh, cancel everything and provide free everything, yet somehow it's me, Max, telling you I'm taking you out to lunch, right, and I'm buying you lunch. Yeah. But when you go to lunch and you get up to go to your bathroom, I take your wallet from your jacket and pay the bill and I say, hey, now you got to thank me, right? It's the same level of absurdity. Yeah. But so this thing's There's been being pushed line. down. Go ahead. There's a great line from Goodwill Hunting where Will Hunting is talking to the pretentious a-hole. Um, I guess he went to Harvard. Um talking about how well after he's done he'll have a, a degree he'll be able to prove that that he went to school and will hunting matt damon uh, not matt damon's uh character what's his name uh, yeah matt damon's character will hunting says that uh you wasted 150 grand on an education you could have got for a dollar 50 in late fees at the public library i mean when you hear aoc talking about education that that it's a barrier to education there are no barriers to education you can get a tablet from Amazon. I know Amazon's bad, but you can get a tablet for 30 bucks, right? That has Wi-Fi. You have at your fingertips every single bit of human knowledge that has ever existed. There, There is no shortage. You don't even have to go to the library anymore to get books. You can rent eBooks remotely from the library. You don't even have to walk in the door anymore. So when she says that this is a barrier to education, that's where they lose sight of what this is. You don't go to college for an education. You get an education, right? Yeah, I mean, you go to college for a number of things. You go to college to, to grow up. Lots of people go to grow up. Lots of people go to try and, and make friends. And those are all valuable reasons to go to college. You also get an education, sure. But your ultimate goal when you leave college is to be more employable than when you went in. And in AOC's situation, she obviously was not more employable than when she went into Boston University against safety school. 
she became a waitress. And there's nothing wrong with waitresses. There's nothing at all. People make fun of her for being a waitress. I don't think that's that's fair. I think we should make her a bartender again. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be great for the economy. There's nothing wrong with being a waitress. But if we normalize this idea that you can go to college and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a degree that you know have no intention of actually using just to be a barista at Starbucks or a waiter or a bartender at your at your corner pub, um, that's a huge problem. And when they come back and say, as I said earlier, that they want debt forgiveness, student loan debt forgiveness, the use of the word forgiveness implies that they made a mistake, that they are sorry, but they aren't sorry because they're not interested in changing the cycle. They're not interested in going after universities that are overcharging for these degrees, the degree mills, they're overcharging for degrees that they know their students are never gonna use, right? They don't talk about doing that. They don't talk about trying to drive people away from four-year college degrees and into the trades. We have a severe lack of tradesmen in this country, and it's only going to get worse as more of them retire. I mean, I remember growing up, if you were in the trades, it was like it was like almost considered dirty. Oh, no, the, the college counselor said, you have to go to college. You have to go to college. Well, no. I mean, I, I, I could if I had started work at 18 years old and become like a, an electrician or a plumber, I'd be making a good living, right? Like a very good living right now. Do you know you how don't much, need to go to college. Do you know how much a union painter starts out as in New York City? Like someone oh, sitting City, on yeah. a uh, sitting on scaffolding, just running a brush across, across like cat calling the girls. Forty one dollars an hour. Forty one dollars an yeah. hour. After three to f- three to five years, I think it's like eighty to a hundred dollars an hour. So yeah, there's this yeah. this whole image, and, and and the funny thing is, most of the country believes that government is not the answer. Now AOC actually found that for her situation, which was a result of her poor decisions, government was in fact the answer, and now she's from her uh, podium trying to spew that to the rest of us. And it's it's funny you talk about these institutions, Harvard, who is sitting on a multi billion dollar endowment, yeah. I believe. If not, it's hundreds of millions of dollars a year. They have hundreds of millions, if not billions, in the bank. And they went and got this, you know, PPP loan in the beginning of the pandemic. And the first thing they did, they laid off all of their groundskeepers, uh, kitchen staff. Yeah. Anyone that was in the trade business in running the college, yeah. you know, these, so it, it's this, again, it's this ideological printing press echo chamber that's w- functioning hand in hand, one hand washing the other with these darling idiots like AOC and Elizabeth Warren in DC. So it's, it's, uh, it's a vicious circle that has no plans in ending, but we'll get back to the, the, problem this. With, the problem with Elizabeth Warren is, I mean, you mentioned that she was earning money off the taxpayer's dime. Yes, that's a problem, but the, it, it stems from the supply and demand, right? She was hired to be a professor, a professor of color. They celebrated that. The only reason they were able to pay her is because there was a waiting list of people who wanted to get into the school, right? And and that is the ultimate problem here. There is no way to drive prices down organically. Typically, if you want to drive prices down, you, you say, oh, well, they're too high and people stop buying it, right? And when people stop buying the product, eventually whoever's selling it will reduce prices or they'll streamline things, right? Make it easier, try and compete with other universities. There's no pressure on these universities to lower their prices at all. There's no, no it's pressure a blank on them. Check. To it's a black card. They gave them yeah. a black card. And it, no limit. If you it's can't us. afford we're it, the, we're the ones. We're yeah. the ones paying it. If you can't afford it, there is literally a list of people, tens of thousands of names long, waiting for an opportunity to go there and waiting for an opportunity. And the government is willing to pay 
the bill. I mean, lots of people have to use private private loans, whatever. But there is either the government or a bank that's willing to subsidize your education without even asking you what you're going to study. Like in the UK, I don't think the UK system is perfect either with actual um, government subsidized education. But in the UK, you can only get government subsidized education if the government approves of what you are going to school for, right? The, the government is not going to pay for you to get a degree, as you mentioned earlier, in underwater basket weaving, weaving like the idiom of the most nonsense degree you can think of. If you want to go to school for ethnomusicology, which is super interesting, the way different ethnicities have, have, uh, have basically produced music over centuries, super interesting. There is no work for ethnomusicologists, right? The government over there will not fund your degree in that. They want the Right, and they're right in doing so. Yeah. But here... The banks write the loans because they know the government guarantees it. But yeah. in reality, it's not the government guaranteeing it. It's the government saying, yeah, we're going to send it to the little guy. Don't worry about it. Uh, we're just not going to tell him about it. And then when everything fails, like it did in 08, like they did with the housing sector, who comes to the rescue again, Max? Yeah, the government. Uh, the government. No, I mean, us. <laughs> us. Yeah. Well, the yeah, government, us, again, us. saying, uh, the, this guy, the little guy is going to bail you out. And... You know, that's the monster that they're creating on all of this. And, you know, they talk about, and I know you don't want to go too deep into this, but I'll try to make it uh, elevator pitch friendly. But, you know, they, the, this whole narrative that everything is free and forgiveness and free and there's no consequences. But the one thing, there's a great paper on this, and we'll probably put the link in the description later. Uh, but, uh, uh, the consequences of how this debt was originated and structured. And again, as 08 created the biggest housing crisis and depression since the Great Depression, they're f by the same formula, laying out the same steps for collapse, but this time it's in the educational lending department. And so what most people don't know is there's about $1.75 trillion in student loan debt in this country. And whether it's private or government subsidized, if worst case scenario comes to the table and the executive order from what Warren has said is a possibility on the table, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they use to win constituents over or win undecided over, you know, save the drowning man, right? except the drowning man doesn't realize that the person that's pushing their head underwater in the first place is the same person that's offering them a life raft. And so this debt was uh, written and issued to the tune of almost $2 trillion, which is actually the same amount of money that caused the collapse in 08. And then you have $2 trillion of written on paper loans, but then the banks go and issue... Uh, bonds or securities against them to get a yeah. essentially a cash advance. So you got $2 trillion in money, you know, however much coming back after the interest payments. So the bankers, because they're greedy bastards, go and issue bonds and securities against them. And so when they talk about forgiveness, the reality of forgiveness is that if tomorrow they were to, DC were to wake up and say, we forgive all student debt, we forgive all $2 trillion, in reality, it's probably closer to 5 or $6 trillion when you're talking about the alternative investment vehicles attached to that original debt. And yeah, when they I'm talk about forgiveness, it comes back onto you and me. So the, you know, the, the, in theory, it's great because all these kids end up 
getting away from this ball and chain that has been dragging them under. I there I have roommates from college that got you know they they had six figures, and right before the pandemic they couldn't find a job, and these were from prestigious schools, yeah. and they ended up working at Mexican restaurants in Manhattan, and then all of a sudden what happened to the restaurants when the you know pandemic happened? So it's it's prisoner of war type. Uh, yeah, movements that they're doing upon the next generation. You know, the generation and, and, and Warren's argument that this is the generation, you know, they're bogged down by debt. We need to, you know, free them of this debt to become productive members of society. But ultimately, when two plus trillion dollars gets canceled, what it means is that the government is writing a check to the financial institution. So think too big to fail all over again. You know, this is a more socially acceptable uh, bailout as what happened in 2008. And well, the no difference one's... is the difference is if you if you buy if you mortgage your house and you don't make your payments, the bank you lose can take it. your house. You lose it. If you, right. If you finance your car, it gets repossessed. If you finance your shed, I've been watching shed repossession videos. They are hilarious. I mean, That's it sucks if you didn't pay off your shed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got. I got it down the rabbit hole of shed repossession on TikTok yesterday. And they literally will come in, cut your fence, bring in the skid loader and just drag your shed away. Like if you don't make your payments on your shed, they will take your shed. What happens if you don't make your payments on your college degree? Do they take away your degree? No, you they still know what you know. Brain. They can't, they can't, yeah, they can't repossess your brain. So there's no collateral. There's nothing for them to take. So, I hate when they call this loan, just like I hate how they call health insurance, health insurance, because it's not insurance, health insurance, true insurance would be like a rainy day fund, just in case. If you have people that you know are sick, getting health insurance, guaranteeing that they're going to use it, that in any other industry would be considered insurance fraud, right? Um, or someone trying to get health insurance after they've already been diagnosed, that would be like trying to get homeowners insurance after your house burned down. I get it. It's people, not a home. It's different. But the way the, they use these words, it's not insurance. These aren't really loans. And what's crazy about this is you can go in as an 18-year-old, a 17-year-old even, and you can convince a bank to write you a, uh, a check, essentially, for how much is Harvard now these days? 70, 80 grand, I think room and board's up to. a quarter million uh, over the, the, the degree. Yeah. So the, the bank... Will will literally sign that check, no questions asked. But whatsoever. they won't give you a they won't give you a forty thousand dollar loan for an investment no, property. They won't let you start a business. If you want to start a business, they won't let you do it. That you need to have collateral, you need to have a business plan, you need to have all this, right? If you wanna if you wanna buy a car so you can get to your job, you can actually prove you have a job, they won't let you finance your car. They won't even give you a loan for ten grand on a car outside of after high school. But they'll sign off on massive, massive amounts of student loans when they know in their heart of hearts that they're not going to get that money back um, because you're going to school likely for something that will never be able to repay that money back. And it's going to keep collecting interest, interest upon interest upon interest. I feel for people who get caught up in this scheme. I still have some student loans, um, just little bits. Um, been paying it off over the last seven years-ish. Um, I still have some. Uh, I'd rather just pay it off a little. I mean, I probably should just completely pay it off as soon as the, this, uh, the moratorium stops. But uh, frankly, I could actually make more money in the stock market. But you have to have some, some reasonableness to this. You can't just have people going to college to study a degree that has 0% chance of earning a living um, and, 
expect the banks to pay for it. So the, the whole system is rigged from the start. So I feel for people who got caught up in the system. I do. I mean, well, like it's, it's, it's rigged in tears. They need to go to college. They got tricked into it. It's not their fault. I mean, it is in a, at a, a certain level. It is. But the people who are pulling the levers who are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get, we'll get them to pay you money and then we'll pay you money. It's not entirely the student's fault. They, well, they've been bilked into this system. It, it, the, the scarier big picture thing is that it's been rigged in tears. You know, so 1990 to 2008, right? That was the environment that perpetuated uh, the seizing of private property, right? And so then our generation with the student loan crisis is the period in time in which they seized your intellectual property. They made you a debt slave because of intellectual affiliation, desire, uh, whatever you want to, however you want to describe it, I think you get the idea. But, you know, they moved, they moved it, they're moving it to the very point in which they will have control of everything, you know, they control the physical aspect, and now they control the ethereal aspect in that these, they're positioning kids, one, they have two options, the kids go and you know the whole the whole marketing campaign of Biden 2020 was that he was going to cancel student loan debt. So one of the alternative propositions is that the students they're not going to cancel a debt, but as it stands now, a DOE loan cannot be uh, liquidated or removed in bankruptcy proceedings. So if yeah. you're sitting on six figures of debt and you're 29 years old and you say, you know what, I just want to get away from it. I'm going to declare bankruptcy. Well, great. You can declare bankruptcy. Every other debt you have will get removed except that loan. And so now yeah. the whole push you know has who been. Who, who did that? Joe Biden. Yeah. And so they, they change. They open, they open <laughs> it circle. up. It's again, it's the Stockholm syndrome thing is where you start sympathizing with your captor and ignoring all of the other things that the captor has done to you. And so by taking someone down the path of desperation, they start getting to a point in which they realize their life is finite, right? And that if they want to go about starting their life free from these shackles, they're going to start being, they're going to be willing to accept things that previously they were not willing to accept. And so one of the yeah. propositions was that student loan debt could be removed in bankruptcy, but the key to that is you have to go into bankruptcy. So it makes you a non-participant a, a non in our credit-based system. So you can't get a car, you can't get a house, you can't get an apartment. And so you, in, in, in some form, in some modern form, you become the ultimate uh, vision f uh, that the government has for a slave, is you become entirely dependent on the system to accept and take whatever it is they offer to you, right? And so between that option and the option of uh, canceling everything, which I think is unlikely, but we'll see, it's, I mean, they're, they're, they're building the perfect storm to have a, a drone army uh, on standby when it comes to the next generation of, of uh, participants in the economy. So, you know, with that in mind, the whole goal being to... Uh, one, one of the bigger theories I have is that you, through that first proposition, you make everyone incapable of owning property. 
the banks get a big check, right, from the federal government off of our back. So down the road, we're faced with, you know, mounting inflation, job loss just from technology alone. And so you have everything uh, wiped out. The banks get a big check. And then what we've seen in the past two years is that all of these banks are buying up these properties. So you make the person incapable, of, and this goes back to the bigger picture of uh, seizing physical property in 08, right? Seizing intellectual property through the millennial generation. And then you have full surf manor system, feudal manor system, and everyone is living off of, uh, you know, their life is... Uh, assigned to them via some totalitarian, authoritarian banking uh, industrial complex in that... Well, what you're describing, what you're describing is the company store. That's what you were describing. The idea, the old idea out west, the company owns the town, right? Right. The company has the company store and the company pays you in, in currency that you can only use at the company store and, and you gotta go buy that from the company store and it's overinflated and you wanna buy a house, fine, you can buy a house, but you gotta use the company's currency, right? Because the company owns all the land around the mine and if you wanna buy a house, if you want a picket fence and, and four walls and a roof, you gotta pay the company with the company currency and oh, the price just went up. No, that, that's, that's what you're talking about except on a grander, larger scale. Um, so that's what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. And so bigger picture is that, uh, you know, option one, you know, everything gets uh, they allow them to dissolve everything in bankruptcy and then they become um, non-participants in the economy. So they accept whether, whatever the government tells them or two, they cancel the debt. Right. And then you have an entire generation that's told, go back out there and, and start your life. But then at the same time, that debt gets written off of our back like we are the ones that guarantee the debt that was canceled the banks get the check so again it's too big to fail all over again yet these idiots that talk about you know kill the rich don't understand that it's the same argument they had with occupy wall street yet somehow this time around they're embracing it and so once again yeah. wall street will get the check wall street will buy up all of the components that warren is talking about you know being a necessity for the, this debt to be canceled that you know these these kids need to go back into the workforce get a job and, and start working towards the american dream of home ownership but as we've seen over the past two years when blackrock starts buying up tens of thousands of homes zillow's been buying up homes you have these uh, they stopped zillow stopped well they stopped because, because they realized they're yeah, the peak because of the they're bubble. offering too much money no, yeah. no, they realized yeah. because 93% of their Arizona purchases were actually selling at a loss. So again, they're, they're the big con, little con, they're, they're, they got to play the, the hustle and it's going to be at our generation's expense. And I can only imagine the future they have envisioned for the generation that we're aiming to create, right? And yeah. so- Can I stop you real quick? Because I got to read an ad, remind everyone, absolutely. this podcast sponsored by- the conservative daily store for put up my screen we are all about giving you ways to express your dissatisfaction with the president without having to curse so we have we have different uh, shirts up there like uh, let's go brandon apparently that's a right wing slur now we also have this great shirt buck fighting technically not an expletive so check out the buck fighting shirt available at store.conservative-daily.com today also this podcast sponsored by liberty cigars if you still are looking for something to get that special someone, family member, friend, maybe you're meeting them 
later after New Year's for your holiday party, doing it late, or you just want to give them a present, show them how much you care, check out LibertyCigars.com. They are a cigar company that obviously uses imported tobacco, but all of their packaging is proudly made in the United States. And their whole theme, they have historically themed cigars. So they have cigars named after founding fathers, after great generals, uh, great men and women of history. So go to LibertyCigars.com. And when you use promo code CD21, Charlie Delta 21, you're going to get a free cigar on all orders over $76. It's a no brainer. So again, go to LibertyCigars.com and use promo code CD21 to get a free cigar on all orders over $76. Jake, you mentioned the fact that you can't get out of you can't claim bankruptcy. I was pulling a lot of videos of liberals freaking out because last week before Biden announced he was going to extend the uh, the pause on student loan repayment, he had initially said he was not going to. And there was a moment there where there was a huge freak out on the left because huh, they realized that he was full of crap. And they started doing their research and realized that he was the very man who made these student loans impossible to absolve through bankruptcy proceedings. Here is a video of a liberal on I TikTok. I love videos of liberals explaining freaking that. out. Yeah. Here's a video of a liberal explaining that. Ms. Bruce, let's go to cut number 10. When I say those student loans are between Joe Biden and God, this is what I mean. In 1972, a 29-year-old Joe Biden won his first seat in the Senate and quickly rose to be the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, the committee that oversees bankruptcy legislation. He personally led the effort to make it more difficult for Americans to reduce their debt through bankruptcy. In 1977, he sided with a group that argued student loan borrowers were just using bankruptcy to get out of their loans, something that had only happened 1% of the time. And in 1978, even though the rest of the Democratic Party told him it would be unwise and unjust, he was one of three Democrats who pushed through legislation that made student loans unforgivable through bankruptcy. So the banks started giving out more money and colleges raised their tuition by 400%. The rate of American personal debt rose two-thirds of the last 40 years. In 97, when Clinton tried to cancel student loans, Biden blocked him to which the credit industry said they consider Biden vital to deflecting pro-consumer amendments. And in 2005, he helped George Bush sign a law that made student loans pretty much never forgivable. So when he says student loan repayment starts again in February, I say those loans are between you and God. Funny, yeah. it's also reminiscent of the same man that uh, is so pro-minority rights and black rights, yet was a huge proponent of the 1994 uh, Three Strikes Bill. Right. It's 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 eerie how yeah, history yeah. repeats itself. So many of the things that Joe Biden claims that he's going to fix, he has no intention of actually fixing them. And it turns out he was the person who caused them. It's I mean, we tried we, re, we tried really hard to convince people of who Joe Biden really was. Unfortunately, they bought into the whole we're going to cancel 50 grand of student loan debt and and. You mentioned it earlier. What does that mean for people like you, Jake, who have already paid for your college education? What does it mean for people who chose not to go to school because they realized they couldn't afford it? Or they paid it responsibly. Different, paid it responsibly. Or the people who decide, hey, I can't afford college. I'm going to become a plumber. I'm going to become an electrician. All honorable trades, right? The people who didn't go to college because they couldn't afford it are now going to be on the hook, albeit indirectly, to pay for the loans for other people who knew they couldn't afford it, but went anyway. Right. right? In a, nu in a nutshell, about you're going, you know, best case scenario that the left envisions is, I think it's 45 million Americans have student loan debt. Okay, so they forgive 45 million people's debt, right? And then the people go, oh, all right, I'm going to, you know, go about planning my life of 
home ownership and starting a family uh, because now I no longer have this burden on me. And so they go out there and they go, oh, well, shit. The whole employment field, the whole job sector has been extinguished when it comes to their specialty. They realize that their, uh, their you know, whatever it is they went to school for, five out, of, five, right, five out of ten <laughs> of them aren't going to have a place in that economy. So they're going to double down, and this is my theory, but they're going to double down on that the government is going to, because they will not be able to find relevance in that new society, that the government's going to have to double down on subsidizing via some universal basic income or whatever it is, or they can't even see beyond that big, you know, they can't even see to that big picture point of home ownership that they're content with renting. And that is the scary thing from, you know, my real background in real estate. The scary component of it is the government cuts a $2 trillion check back to the banks and the banks go up and buy all of these houses that are flooding the market right now as a current housing crisis is developing. And then all of a sudden you have two to three entities that own the entire housing sector. And so off of the back, ultimately, of the contributing skilled worker, the people that were responsible in how they went and got their education, the skilled craftsmen or tradesmen that will carry the burden of that. And then on top of that, you're going to see even higher inflation, you know, uh, these people buy up all these single-family homes all across the country, which they're currently doing, as I've said, and they can dictate whatever rent. And so it's 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 a snake eating its own tail. It, it's circular. Yeah. It never gets anywhere. And that is the future that my generation is going to be facing. And, you know, yeah. the same people that are selling you your salvation are actually selling you your slavery. And indiscriminate of race, gender, whatever the hell you want to call it, everyone's going to be on the same plantation. It's going to be great. It's going to be an all-inclusive, equitable plantation. The left will be very proud of that. Yeah, and the funny thing, let's say they actually do. Let's say they actually do get grant, let's call it amnesty. Amnesty for people who took out loans that they never should have taken out. We're going to pay back the loans, forget it. When you do that through an executive order and you don't actually change the system that allowed those the 1.73 or however much it is, trillion dollars of student loans to amass. If you don't change that system, what what's that going to tell everyone? Oh, well, I can just go to college and the government will pay for it. So what you're going to see, unless if they do this and they don't actually change the law surrounding student loans, you're going to see more people going to college because they realize that, oh, the government will eventually pay for it. No problem. You're going to see less people going into the trades. You're going to see a, a, a bigger shortage of, of trades workers in this country and you're going to and the, and the university are going to love it. Like if you cancel student debt, I can't think of, of a better gift to give the universities because then they can go out and say, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, it costs, it'll cost 500 grand to go here over four years. But guess what? The government will eventually write it all off for you. So just come anyway. I mean, it, it's, it's just wrong. Right in, in any other industry, if if the government encouraged this, it would be it would be abusive, right? I mean, I, it reminds me. Anyone who's in the military, you know, I know enough people in the military who've gone through similar things. You go through basic training, and all of a sudden, you start getting these ads for a brand new Dodge Charger, 
right? <laughs> so there's so many people who go through basic training. And the first thing they do is they is they use the money they made to get into a car that they have no business owning because they're about to be deployed. I mean, who on earth would buy a luxury car right before they're about to be deployed overseas for a war or overseas for deployment? It makes no sense, right? And there is actually legislation that has been bouncing around to stop these predatory tactics of going after servicemen, whoever, right? Going after them with predatory loans, high interest rates that they, that the lenders know you have no business actually getting. You'll never actually pay it back. And it's just their way of, of, of getting a little coin. In any other industry, that's what we'd be talking about, right? But here, they, they're able to just write the checks. And it's going to be all of us who pay for it. Yeah, I have some student loan debt some student loan debt still outstanding. Um, I I have not paid it off because we had this moratorium. And as I said earlier, frankly, the interest rates are so damn low, I can make more money in the stock market. Same reason I haven't paid off my car. I have a year left on my car, but I'm getting better returns in the stock market. So why pay it off? Just, just let it ride, right? Um, but you're going to have people who have made the right decisions the right decisions all of their life, whether it's being going to a school they can afford, working their way, working their butt off to pay for the college, even if they can't afford it, paying their student loans, right? Or not going to college and, and taking a different path that's more economically responsible, fiscally responsible. They're going to be the ones who pay this because it's not the people who are drowning in student debt who are going to pay off their student debt. It's everyone else who isn't drowning in student debt corporations, individuals, we are going to be the ones who pay for it. And it is fundamentally unfair for the government, uh, for a government of with a president who <laughs> cheated, a Senate that has a tiebreaker majority, and a House of Representatives where so many damn Democrats have already announced their retirement that the election was held right now, they wouldn't control Congress. It is morally bankrupt, for lack of a better word, for a government this loosely tied together to possibly say that one group of people must now subsidize the bad decisions of another. And it's one thing to show compassion. It's one thing to show, to want to help people who made a bad decision. I'm all for that, right? It's an entirely different matter to say we need student loan forgiveness without having them even broach the topic of admitting that they did something wrong. Because again, you cannot have forgiveness if you're not willing to admit you made a mistake. I mean, look, I'd, I'd be all for it. I'd, I'd all be, I'd be for total forgiveness if it wasn't subsidized by us. So if the check were not coming to from the national debt, right, it's put onto our national debt and our generation pays for it down the road, if the banks were just allowed to go under, but that's not what the current administration's about. The current administration is in the business of cronyism and so it's to uh inject capital into the same institution that sold us that collapse at our expense again so us you know inadvertently or indirectly getting roped into it because we were responsible so i'd have no problem with the debt being forgiven uh if the banks were allowed to collapse, but that's not the point. They, they never once you'll hear the term bailout used, but that's all this is. They're saying, let's bail out student loan, the student loan field. No one said, let's bail out the homeowner in 2008. They said, let's bail out with the money off the back of the homeowner. Let's bail out the banks that wrote the homeowners 
negligent, irresponsible, predatory loans in the first place. And so, again, yeah. none of it has to do with equity or, or stewardship towards uh, humanitarian interests. It's all geared towards complete slavery and ownership of doesn't trickle down the private market uh and, and and going back to the whole technology aspect of it of if this thing were to take place and the people were sent back out onto the street and said all is good go find your job go plan for your life uh a statistic from 2016 said something to the extent of 25 percent of jobs in the united states are experiencing high levels of disruption to automation which amounted in 2016 to it says 36 million jobs. And I can't even imagine how fast or how significantly that's been expedited given COVID having put everyone on the back burner for two years. And you look at all these small businesses failing. You look at big tech, whether it's Amazon or, you know, door, you know, door to door type delivery services, the complete destruction of the working class economy and service industry. And, and, so I would say that number is probably 50%. So send them out there and it's going to be like, you know, a, a brand new world of, you know, like, uh, what is the movie? Bird, I get this reference, Max, this movie reference, Bird Box, where, yeah. you know, everyone's got this blindfold on and, and we take the blindfold off and all of a sudden it kills them and they lose their mind. Yeah. And that's the reality that they have, they're positioning all with a smile on their face. And that's coming from, you know, the, the core of the administration and their ideological yeah. uh, stewardship. Now, you told me that you were going to do some research on some of the most absurd degrees uh, currently being yes. offered. And, and, and we, we want to use this to emphasize why should we bail these people out? To, to what degree yes. of absurdity was, why should your responsibility or lack of planning on your part constitute a liability or responsibility on mine? So yeah. Max, with that. And, and before we get to that, I, I want to, you talk about automation. It's an important point to make. In 1915, there were, I believe, 20 million horses in the United States. There was one horse for every five people. It's a lot of horses. The beasts of, of labor, they were the ones that were doing the, the heavy, literally the heavy lifting. That was how many people got around. The invention of the automobile led to the slaughtering of millions of horses over over the the subsequent decades and today there's only 3.8 million horses in the united states and and the inverse is true that there's one car motorcycle or bus there's four car motorcycles or bus for every five people in the united states so i tell you this little story because in this situation obviously advancement is necessary right we need to advance technologically to grow as a society, as a human race. That's absolutely true. But in this story, when you talk about auto automatic driving, right? Automation and jobs, we are all the horses in this story. We are not the people who are riding around in their nice, fancy automobile. We are the horses. We are the people who are about to have our jobs made obsolete. And, and Jake, our job is not off the chopping block either. There is artificial technology that is literally being developed to automatically write news stories, to deliver news um, with AI, just, just reading off the news of the day. So you wouldn't even need an anchor. You wouldn't even need a host. You could just have robots deliver shows like this. Now it's, it's in its infancy. It's very bad, but it's coming. So we are all the horses. We are not 
the people driving around. We are the horses. And at some point, we need to wake up and recognize that we are quite literally moving forward towards our own demise. Oh, look, I read an article today about uh, China is developing an AI prosecutor. So it's a robot. Yeah. And the robot, uh, so says the CCP, to 97% accuracy, when presented with the evidence of a case, the robot can judge accordingly to 97% accuracy. So I don't don't doubt it. It's based on its coding. It's everyone. It's It's not true artificial intelligence. Yeah, it's based on its coding. So if the coder believes... I mean, how how terrible would it be if if that was hacked Robot by a racist who said any, who, <laughs> yeah, who said if if a racist was able to hack that system and make it so that any time a black person was was involved in a crime, they automatically got charged. I mean, it's only as accurate as its programming. Right. If we're Just getting like into the, the realm machines. of artificial intelligence, yeah. If we're getting in the realm of true artificial intelligence, it, it is there's a, I have a serious problem with the idea of you being judged by some artificial intelligence. You have the right R2-D2. to be judged by a jury of your peers, right? The government has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you have done something wrong. Artificial intelligence is not the government. The government is of, by, and for the people. I have a very big problem with that. Just like you cannot confront your accuser if you are caught in the act of violating a, a stop sign or, or speeding through a red light by camera, you cannot f- confront the camera, right? How do you confront a prosecutor who doesn't exist? That's a real um, big, big problem with that. I, I, I have a couple of videos, as you mentioned, though, of the kinds of people that would be bailed out. And now th- this is just a small little subset. But among the people who are demanding that you pay for their bad decisions are the craziest of the crazies on the left who are quite literally pushing the indoctrination of our youth, LGBT nonsense, c- critical race theory. Um, so here's a couple of quick videos of the kinds of people who are also demanding that you pay back for their student loans, just to show you what their loans, and in these cases, predominantly education, what these loans have gotten us. Mr. Producer, let's play cut 13. Hi, here's some things my students have said slash done since I came out and changed my teacher name. You have a new name? Well, yes, it's a name that makes me a lot happier, and that's why I changed it. I like your new name. I do too, but it's nice to know I have your approval. Mix? You mean like mixing you up like cookie dough? If that's gonna help you remember it, yeah, cookie dough works. <laughs> Excuse me, Miss K, I need. It's Mix K! So, this is the woman. We've had her on the show before. She is not Mr., she is not Miss, she is Mix. Demanding that all the students call her by MX. No Mix. offense to anyone that wears Velcro shoes, but I assume she wears Velcro shoes, not because she has some physical disability, but just because it's beyond her comprehension of how to actually tie her shoelaces. What else yeah. you got, Max? Here's you got any other? This is another, a sh- yeah, shining yeah, example of hope that the next generation... Here's another teacher. Here's another teacher talking about indoctrinating your preschoolers. Let's play cut 14. Cut 14. Sorry, sorry, one sorry. What were you doing? You fall asleep? Again? <laughs> These are sequential. Parents who refuse to educate their children on queerness, I am an open non-binary educator. I talk to our students about pronouns, transness, gender expression, and sexuality. 
in Brave preschool. And stunning. Yeah, sorry, that's why I was that's um, why I was a little delayed. I had to adjust the audio. It was very loud. Why do all these Almost teachers time. have Let's... time to do TikTok videos? Oh, that's uh, right. They're all teaching kinda, from home. It's it's kind of like the the first responder nurses been swamped in the hospitals by COVID, but they also have time to do flash mob dances. Um, not sure. It probably falls into the same category. Jump ahead. We're going to jump ahead to cut 16, Mr. Producer. We're going to skip one, so I'm going to talk a little bit to give you extra time to find that one. This is a woman who is a child psychologist and professor spewing nonsense. Let's play cut 16. I never identified as a woman or a man, but they them doesn't work for me because of my abuse history, so my pronouns have just kind of defaulted at she, but I'm like, why do I have to be identified in terms of a gender? Why can't I identify with something that I actually identify with? So what do I identify with most? <sighs> My brain! And I have a master's degree, which earns me the honorific of professor. So my pronoun should be the professor. Just anytime you would use a pronoun, just say the professor. Oh my god, it's amazing. It's a mouthful, I admit. But, but... I could be identified by my brain. Oh my God, I'm loving this. What a weak, so, deprived generation we have created. It's it's really sad and tragic. Yeah. I mean, these are these are fully grown men and women children. You know, they're they're they they just want to fit in. They're, uh, it's disgusting and repulsive. So we talked about there not being a child psychology factory. They're not being a sociology um, warehouse job, right? Understand that if you were to pay back that woman's student loans, you are paying, in a sense paying, for whatever the hell that sentence just was. I don't identify as a man. I don't identify as a woman. I identify as my brain. And she actually felt like she just had some kind of cathartic moment where it all just clicked. And like we're all just supposed to say, oh yeah, no, no, that's 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 completely makes sense. That is the kind of stuff that you are paying off. You're not right. paying off people who who went to school to become um, doctors and, and couldn't cut it. No, you are paying. Off, you would pay off the loans of people who went to school to give us nonsense like that. So give you the, give you the final word, Jake, before we wrap up. Oh, fundamentally, I mean, you're looking at that is if they're cleared from their burden, right? That is our competition in the workforce. So we look at it as, well, there is, that is no competition for anyone that has a skilled craft trade role in society. That is nothing. But then again, that is going to be, uh, a very large portion of society that is the dependent class on our, uh, productivity. And so, you know, with, with a person that has that outlook and logic towards life and just basic day-to-day -day activity, you know, why Why would we expect them to be able to, you know, burden removed, be able to enter uh, the system now that they've been freed from, from these liabilities and go about some kind of standard of existence? And what yeah. is our level of surprise? For me, it's nothing. I'm not, I, I'm not surprised that these people go out and say they're entirely uh, unfunctioning. They cannot function in even with that weight lifted from them they cannot function so once again they're banging down the doors of the same people that freed them and once again the cost of that poor decision on their part gets inevitably placed on the backs of us so yeah. with that 
That's Very my true. final statement. Well, I know I am not going to pay back my student loans until I figure out whether this is going through because I don't want it to go through, but I'll be damned if I pay off my student loans <laughs> right before they start throwing away free money. Um, so, I mean, I mean that, that's, that's a crazy way to think of it, but I'm not going to fall for that. Well, I'll wait until they actually restart this to start paying them back. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you sign up for the audio edition. All those links are in the description. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. So check that out. Subscribe. If you can, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review so we can climb up in those rankings. We go live from 11 a.m. Eastern and then 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. So tune in for that. And if you need a reminder, if you need a little bit of a, of a little jab to, to remind you, Sign up for our text alert system by texting the word freedom to 89517-89517 and you'll get a text message telling you what we're talking about and then how, when, and where you can watch. So that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Special thanks to our resident expert in higher education, Jake Frejo. Everyone, Max, have a good night. Have a great night. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together. <laughs>